Fake Movie Experts, the movie review podcast that breaks down a movie franchise one movie at a time. And we're starting a new one this week as Ricky picked Legally Blonde. Like, oh my God. <laughs> as we get to, thank God, I want to watch two movies coming off the 10 from Fast and Furious, the 5 from Predator. Four. So it was only four. You know, a little, a little <laughs> franchise. Not only was I'm it a type your host, 90, Joseph Lesso, I'm alongside here with the man that picked these movies, Ricky Marticelli. I loved these this first movie, and I can't wait to talk about it. And alongside here is one of the, uh, I don't know, he's just one of the, the uh, I don't know, it's just Keith, Keith Swatland. Oh, what? I would have gone with the major <laughs> douchebag of the movie. Hey, I'm not a major douchebag. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> I was thinking it. more of like the 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 friends. Oh yeah, the friend. He. Uh, what was the really dumb blonde chick's name? Could you? Uh, no. Margaret. Mar. Margaret. Margo. Margo. Yeah. The T oh, silent. What you could have done was figure out the name, like look up on IMDb the name of one of those like frat boy dudes carrying the keg in the background with no shirt <laughs> on in that one scene. <laughs> uh, let me see if I can find that for you. I uh, got it. Uh, frat boy number one. And frat boy number one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, loved it. A lot of fun. It was refreshing. <laughs> it was like a good palate cleanser. It was nice to get rid of a lot of the testosterone we've built up through 17 <laughs> movies. Oh, yeah. Big so legally, so <laughs> legally Blonde star, uh, came out in 2001 in uh, the month of July. Stars Reese Witherspoon, Luke Wilson, Sel- Selma Blair, uh, who else? Uh, Linda Cardellini, Ali Larder, Victor Garber, Holland Taylor and Jennifer Coolidge, or as we know her as the MILF from the American Pie movies. Jennifer Coolidge was probably my favorite. I hated the way she talked in this movie. Like with that voice. That's like her normal voice, though. I know, but it makes me uncomfortable the way she talks. I'm just like, oh, (laughs) it sounds like you're trying to molest my brain. (laughs) So this this movie is based off a book. Uh, I did not know that. I did not until oh, I was looking it upon. It's a was it book best adapted by, screenplay or <laughs> no? It was a book of, uh, written by Amanda Brown, uh, basing it upon her real life experiences as a blonde attending Stanford Law School. Real life blonde, <laughs> while being obsessed with fashion and beauty, reading Elle magazine, frequently clashing with the personality with her peers. That's the one thing, the more I thought about this movie, that felt super weird was um, making me feel bad and root for the extremely privileged white girl. (laughs) Well, right, right. All all these people are pretty gross. You kind of have to separate that. (laughs) All of them. (laughs) The only only likable person in in my mind was uh, Luke Wilson's character. Luke Wilson had a great character. Yeah, he's still like a snooty Harvard guy. <laughs> we didn't. You didn't see that. As, you don't see that in the movie. You just see him as the what third year lawyer oh, who's yeah. looking after everyone, being the student aide, basically, who is actually the really good guy. No, the the only redeemable character is uh, Jennifer Coolidge. God <laughs> damn. <laughs> She's just she's horny. That's all. That's all. That's her crime. I mean, and who hasn't been there? Milf, <laughs> yeah. no. milf, milf. <laughs> to be fair, Elle is actually a pretty like great character. She's just like for most of her life, she had terrible parents. I mean, her mom taught her at like the young age between eleven and thirteen of how to draw sexual attention to herself, which was a very yeah. depressing <laughs> thing to learn. <laughs> my mom taught me how to do the bend and flick and junior high i was like um excuse me oh the, the the bend and snap or whatever it was called it was that was a uh, i'm pretty sure that's like i'm just i'm pretty late on the legally blonde train like i think because i never saw it but like i'm pretty sure that's like a pretty iconic moment for legally blonde people i think that's 
that's probably up there. The bend and snap. That's probably like a reference and that's probably referenced in sororities across the country. <laughs> I, I, I'll be, I would ask your reactions to this movie and I'll start with mine just because this is honestly like the first time I've ever watched this movie from beginning to end. I, I've caught most of it, most of it here and there. So when I was watching it with the producer, she, I was like, you know, we can end this. Right. And she goes, why? And I'm like, because I know the ending. And she goes, really? And like, I told her the ending with like 45 minutes left in the movie. I'm like, <laughs> it's sad that I remember how the ending of this movie is. Oh, that's funny. And I've never seen it. I've definitely seen this in bits and pieces, but this is the first time I ever watched it beginning to end. Um, I was amazed at how much I liked it. Like it was a way smarter than I thought it was going to be. Like there was actual like depth to it and like social commentary in it. And I, I loved it. I thought it was really funny. Um, uh, young Reese Witherspoon getting like her first, like, this is her movie. Like this is the first time where she is like the standalone main character. She killed it. She was so good. (laughs) Like, this movie was full of B-level actors and then Reese Witherspoon, who, like, just was an amazing actor through the whole thing. Like, it was crazy how much she outacted everyone in this movie. So I think uh, we should bring back a fake movie experts thing I was wanting to do from the start, but kind of went away because of how many damn Fast and Furious we watched. But, like, how how did you watch this movie? I want to, I'm curious. Like, in, in what, in what, like, format or media? And, and and scenario like what kind of like what was it like watching it uh i mean i watched it just like on the bed chilling i mean i was checking my phone occasionally but because like joe like there had been parts in the movie i'd seen before so like i already had them kind of registered in my brain but like it was kind of just like a nice laid back it it was a nice laid back chill tight 90 like Keith, you, you weren't lying <laughs> having a nice tight 90 felt really nice like it felt refreshing Loved I it. <laughs> felt like I got a good amount of entertainment without feeling overburdened by the amount of entertainment I was just watching. <laughs> I, I just watched it on my couch and it was just to the points of this movie. I was just like, Oh my God, there were times I did check my phone, but I paid attention to the movie, but it was, it was a stressful. <laughs> stressful. <laughs> Stressful. This is like the least stressful movie that's ever. I just wanted it over. All right. I just. (laughs) I yelled. I yelled at the producer, going, "If there was a room sequel, we would totally be doing the room for punishment." (laughs) Oh my Uh, god! This movie's not that bad. This was real. Actually, it was really good. See, you see what happened there, listeners. Joe just did a toxic masculinity. He really did. He just just did a big one. He's stealing your bit. Let me show you my big, proud American flag, okay, brother? But I kind of figured this is what it was going to be going into this. This wasn't, because this isn't quite like a Joe-type movie, but this is definitely like a Keith and I-type movie. So I kind of figured this was how it was going to go. So I, I watched this movie last night on, I was... I was trying to do a bit for the show where I watched it on like actual DVD, but I couldn't find <laughs> it. And it was, it, it would have been a really good bit. I would have been like, guys, I watched this one in 480p last night. It was great. <laughs> but no, I watched it on Blu-ray and I ate an entire pizza while I watched it. Wait, also, oh Sammy did own it. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was just like, Sammy, you own this. She's like, I, I don't know. It's probably somewhere. Like, no, you own this movie. <laughs> I just like, well, she, movies for a while. she is a big Reese Witherspoon fan. So of course she would have it. Oh, I mean, yeah. first of all, who isn't a big Reese Witherspoon fan? She is an amazing actress. Joe, uh, Joe, Joe help me out on this one. What's the What's the Mark Wahlberg movie that we love with Reese Witherspoon Fear. in it? Fear. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, with the chest pounding and the rain. <laughs> Loved it. Also, oh. how rich is Reese Witherspoon? This woman has been acting consistently for like almost three decades now. Oh yeah, she she works it. But uh, uh, what's Wikipedia says her net worth is. Let's see. I can see if I can find it. Go on, yeah. Keith. Anyways, but watching this movie, this is my first time. I, I never even really saw bits of it, and I don't know why. Because this movie really like falls in the falls in the category of like sort of classic cult comedy hits. I think like this is sort of like it's sort of like a clueless kind of like a John Hughes kind of vibe. 
And I uh, I kept on comparing it to it's it's got that Adam Sandler movie structure where she's like a goofball and she has to accomplish something sort of like extraordinary. And it was so so that's why I guess that's my circuitous reasoning of getting to the point where like I had my phone out a lot because I I mean not a lot to the point where I wasn't paying attention to the movie, but like I knew it was like a warm blanket of a movie's plot structure. I was like, oh, I know what I, I know what's gonna happen. All right, this is fine. This is good. So I was like, I'd like walk around and be like, oh, is she uh, like, has she gotten betrayed yet? <laughs> has her creepy professor tried to make a move on her yet? <laughs> oh, that's yeah, nice. Gotten, gotten harveyed. <laughs> uh, according to uh, two hundred million. God damn! Must good be job, nice. Bruce. Also, Keith, critics called this movie Clueless Goes to College. That was a <laughs> perfect example of yeah. this movie. But like, it was cool seeing people like Ali uh, Lart. How would you say her last name? Larder? Larder. Larder. Like, I was like, hey, it's the Final Destination chick. And like, Summer Blair. You're like, hey, she's a really talented actress. Hmm. Yeah, it was cool yeah, seeing about uh, <laughs> she she just does the Selma Blair face for ninety minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, I mean, she's not a great actress in this movie, but she yeah. is like a great actress later in life. Like, it's definitely not her, but like, it was Reese Witherspoon, and then everyone else with her. I mean, even Luke Wilson was kind of not like in his great moments in this mm-hmm. movie. But well, again, Luke Wilson's one of those people who just plays Luke Wilson. Yeah, he doesn't have much range. <laughs> like, like Luke Wilson's known for Bottle Rocket. Yeah, and Rushmore Blue okay. Streak. He's known for the and Blue then Streak. Charlie, Charlie's Angels series. <laughs> then this came out after all that. Charlie's what Angels is, is a series. What an old school. He's not known for old school. Oh, no, well, before, old school. But, but, but before old school oh, came out in oh, okay. three. Yeah. Old, old no. school came out in oh, three. So that's why um, I was just saying he's wasn't known for anything before this. That's great. Yeah. I mean, and it was so it was weird seeing him so young and then looked like he was much more that not attractive but super charming in this movie. Whereas like now he's like he's aged and he has like that good rugged look to himself. So like I think he looks way better now than he did in this movie. Like I think he looked really like lame in this movie, but he was just like super charming and nice. <laughs> yeah, he was just a nice guy. Just all around good guy. <laughs> he was just a man who was supportive and didn't try to like mansplain things to L. He was just like, hey, you know what you're doing. Mansplain. You mansplain. Mansplain. Yeah. Joe, you Joe, you just did another one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not like again. Warner who just consistently was just this gigantic douche throughout the entire movie. He's one big bag of douche. Yeah, wait, uh, what's the what's the character name so I can remember it for the, the for the bad guy for the for the ex? Well, Warner Huntington. Warner, Huntington. or we can do Professor Callahan as well. Okay, yeah, Callahan was a bad guy too. Yeah. He was probably so worse. Before we get, <laughs> well, we, well, he does hit on her. Uh, Rick, do you want to give us the plot? Plot, 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 plot. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, please gather around for the reading of the plot of Legally Blonde. Elle Woods, played by Reese Witherspoon, is preparing to be proposed to, she thinks, when her long-term boyfriend, Warner Huntington, played by Matthew Davis, breaks her heart, telling her that she's just not good enough. She's just for fun. And it moves off to Harvard for law school. Elle uses this as a sign that she needs to get serious and attends Harvard Law School herself, blowing everyone away that she can even get in. Through the movie, Elle learns her inner strength as she becomes more than she thought she ever could be in the hit movie, Legally Blonde. Oh, yeah, that's that's the plot. That's like that. That's the that's the, that, it's the Adam Sandler plot. Sammy kept on yelling at me because it's definitely an older formula than Adam Sandler, but it kept on making me think of Adam Sandler movies. He's the one who kind of like perfected it for that stretch run. Like he's the one that we would go to for it because it was in like our age range. Like that was like what we knew Adam Sandler for. Yeah. Like this movie was Billy Madison. It's like exactly. Essentially. That's what I thought exactly when you said that. I'm like, Hey, it's Billy Madison. (laughs) Yeah. It's like exactly Billy Madison, which is a good, it's a great, great story. It gives the, it gives the, the movie so much room for like the comedy to happen within it. And that's one of the reasons why I like this movie is because I feel like this comp, this style of movie doesn't really exist anymore. 
So it's you like, could totally tell it was a 2000s type movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. The first thing that popped into my head when I watched it was this is like this is the most pre 9/11 piece of media I think I've oh, ever Jesus. seen. <laughs> like after this this movie could can only exist before 9/11. Just really <laughs> upbeat and like fun and happy. Yeah, like the 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 Christopher Nolan Batman's hadn't come out yet. Like the we hadn't like we hadn't gone we hadn't gone to war in Iraq too bad yet. <laughs> like, <laughs> like things were things were things were doing okay in early 2001. <laughs> Um, the director wanted, uh, or the the director of this movie, uh, where is it? Robert IMDb changed the whole layout. Uh, Robert Luktik really wanted uh, Reese Witherspoon, so she had to audition multiple times, but she had to convince the production company of Metro Goldwyn Mayer. They had six other women for this spot oh, that geez. they preferred. All you guys is guess like a couple. So uh, think about 2001. It's 2001. Easily Kristen Dunst. Bullock. Ooh, Sandra Bullock. That's good. Okay. Um, Alicia Silverstone. <laughs> I mean, that was like her time frame. Yeah. Okay. And, and the clueless fame. Um, uh, who was Nat- Natalie? Uh, no. I can't yeah, she'd been name. too young then. No, I was thinking of uh, the Tom Nicole Kidman. I was thinking of Nicole Kidman. No. She's, probably, she's probably a little old. Well, Rick, you got one right. Alicia Silverstone. Yeah, because like as soon as oh, what about Renona Ryder? This would have been nope. a good Renona. Damn. Was that uh, that was just after shoplifting, wasn't it? No, shoplifting happens after um mr deed so oh, yeah. drew they drew barrymore they had to have no. thought about drew damn it uh they thought of alicia silverstone charlize theron Gwyneth paltrow katherine heigl christina applegate mila jovich and jennifer love hewitt god damn that just took me back in time <laughs> <laughs> like there's some actresses i'm like do they even act anymore mila jovovich would have been pretty good i think that would have been a different character i like it would it would have been like uh fucking filth element via going yeah. to harvard <laughs> lilo dallas multi-pass yeah. lilo dallas lawyer pass you know oh, like, the lawyer pass <laughs> that's a, that's what you get when you go to harvard you get a lawyer yep. pass that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, and like this also, like for me, I think that the 2001 movie of like the long ass intro. Loved it. Hoku, this, this singer Hoku. <laughs> as soon as that music was playing, I'm like, oh, this movie is going to slap for Keith. It's oh, a yeah. perfect day. Riding that bike. Oh my like, good God. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sorry. I was like, uh, come, that was like a quintessential like establishing shot like one where they're just like a billion girls living in that sorority like yes. like going through the sorority scene i'm like why is there so many women living there well it's such like a weird pers- like this movie has such a weird take on like the roles of sororities and like the whatever like air quotes dumb blondes and like these people are the ones they they the the greek people sororities and fraternities are they are the wealthy ruling class like that who that's who becomes successful it's like we were supposed to be shocked that l woods goes off to be a lawyer like that is who is lawyers it's like that's there's nothing surprising about that yeah it was like there felt like a big social commentary about that like through the like i don't know if it meant to or not but like in now times i'm like damn look at like all these privileged white people who don't have to really do much to get what they want well yeah i kept on thinking about that while i was looking at watching huntington he's like i want to be a senator i'm like oh yeah he's a senator yeah the producer the producer was like that same way of like we're watching this movie and just like when you see her oh she has a 4.0 at whatever call it like ucll that she's at and probably supposed to be a takeoff UCLA and she has a 4.0, but it's in fashion and design. And, you know, <laughs> nobody takes that serious. And then you just go, you know what? I just want to be a lawyer now. So snap of my finger, I can now be a lawyer. 
Granted, I think one of the things that's like the commentary mm-hmm. about her, though, is that she is incredibly capable. It's just when you see her mom and dad who are like, you're pretty and you're privileged. You don't mm-hmm. actually have to push yourself to do anything. Like she just never had a good role model in her life. It was just like, you're pretty. Don't worry about it. And we're going to give you everything anyways. And then like she becomes like there's a there's like a bad social image where like she goes to the east where apparently everyone who's on the east coast has never seen a hot blonde chick and was just like <laughs> blown away and mystified by it that's true it, it, it is true that is these true. comedies need the like they need the monocle popping out oh my god <laughs> um, what is that a, like is that pink oh my yeah. god and then she starts hanging out with poor people and she kind of realizes like that there's more to life and she wants to do more. And I was like, all right, that's a little heavy handed and you're still a privileged white girl. But like, I understand what you're going for that. She just never had like a connection to the real world. And now she's actually forming those connections. Yeah. I'm probably reaching, but I think that the Ellen hunting, I think Huntington, he was definitely like coded conservative. I think. Oh yeah. And, hard. And like, oh, Elle, without I think, question. I think like the, that tells me that L is, Two, or she's like this weird apolitical person. I don't know. She was she, she was weird. <laughs> to me, I would say she's probably more apolitical. Like she just wouldn't really like know of its existence or like yeah. really care too much about it in the beginning. Yeah, she um, like their relationship was so odd to me. <laughs> it was, well, it was more of like a thing. Like it's just yeah. like, oh, he is the rich white guy who's going to go on to do big things, and that's the person I'm supposed to marry. Super unprofessional. Uh, by the way, Cruel Intentions came out before this. So Selma, oh, Selma wow. Blair and Ritherspoon, who starred together in that, that was two years prior to in 99. <laughs> so my question about their relationship, uh, Warner and Ella Woods, is how long have they been dating? Because of the fact... <laughs> it sounded like, like through at least all of college. But then when she when he goes and it's like, I'm engaged to Vivian, Selma Blair's character... It sounded like they just broke up and they just got back together. No, he said that they broke up during, well, they dated during like high school, like the equivalent of rich people high school. Oh yeah. Um, And then he went to college and then they got back together over the summer, like getting ready for Harvard law school. And that's Mm. when they got engaged. Just the, the phrasing. I was just like, wait, how long has this relationship been going on? Prior, it's that thing where they're during, using a lot of language we're not used to for the West Coast. It was a lot of yeah. East Coast school communication, yeah. <laughs> and we're just like, yeah. I mean, even like saying junior high, like middle school hasn't been called junior high on the West Coast for like forever. Mm-hmm. So that was a little weird. It's just like that different time frame of like what stuff in school was called. Oh, yeah, old people say junior high, <laughs> yeah, like that's what it was. What were you in junior high? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think yeah. he said like boarding school or whatever, which is yeah, like he did the rich, boarding the rich person equivalent of high school. Uh, I will say this movie did come out with a play in 07. It's a musical, so, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, a musical. Broadway musical. Yeah, yeah. Now I want to see it. <laughs> I want to see that in the Mean Girls musical. Yeah, yeah both of those would be great. Keith, let's plan a trip to New York and go see some musicals. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if we can get all dolled up and go down to Broadway. Have Jesus to blow Christ. a dude in the back corner to try to get tickets to Hamilton. Yeah, I paid $500 for this nosebleed to watch uh, <laughs> watch Mean Girls through binoculars. So binoculars, Keith, they're just little like glasses that you hold up to your face. That you can barely see out of. Checks I'm, out. I'm bringing my full-ass tactical binoculars. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Uh, so they, uh, for this movie, so L boyfriend breaks up because he wants to be a senator and, you know, he wants a Jackie, not a Marilyn Monroe. That was such that was a, a good line. douche line. That <laughs> whole thing it. where the way he broke up with her, where like he was using pet names before breaking up with her. I'm like, God, this yeah, guy is so, <laughs> guy's so disconnected from the world. He had big Matt Gates energy. Took her to a fancy uh, Olive Garden. So I loved where he was like, "Oh, sorry, folks, she had the salad." And then you hear someone in the background later go, "Well, I'm not having the salad." Yeah, uh, that's what you know. That's I'll have salad. what she's having thing. Uh, did anyone else? But, when did The Bachelor come out? Um, The Bachelor started. It's be now. Because Bachelor started in '02. Okay. Yeah. Then I think the person who watched The Bachelor like really loved Legally Blonde 
Because when he first shows up to the house and all the girls are just like standing in that huge open room with like the staircase, I'm like, why? This has big bachelor energy right now. Of just all these a... girls staring, looking at this hot guy walking into the room, waiting to get married. So I'm now saying that Legally Blonde started The Bachelor. A very, very weird kiss scene, by the way. <laughs> They're all just staring at him kissing. It was really weird. <laughs> so I, 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 I will have to say I was distracted for a little bit in this movie in the beginning because of one of uh, Elle's friends, the brunette. I Zen was like, we've seen her. Uh, she's the whore from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And I'm like, what are you talking about? No, she's not. Uh, the actress Al- Alana Ubach. Um, and I had to look her up. For, like, It took me the longest time because, Keith, she's the pissed off waitress from waiting in the, very, in the, fir- in the first waiting. Oh, wow. And I'm like, she does not look like you know, like hard times happen or she's just a really good, you know, actress to be makeup and all this. And it's, I'm like, holy shit, it was her from uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And then she Kate, also we- ended up playing like Mama Mialda in Coco, which is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> she, voiced, she voiced that character. And I Keith, we that. also had a, uh, a side character from uh, one of our other movies that we love. Did you Ooh. recognize her? Uh-uh. The one that thinks that people call her a lesbian behind her back. Oh, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's she from? She's been in a lot of stuff, hasn't she? Yeah, yeah. She, yeah. She's one of those like, oh, that, no, she's in everything, people. Mary yes. Scotland. Yep. But Keith should know her more from she's the credit vixen in Night at the Roxbury. Oh, man. <laughs> Butabi, <laughs> Doug and Steve Butabi. Um, I saw her. And I was like, "Oh, that's not the Roxbury girl." <laughs> what's her name? And what's her name in the movie? And it's like credit Vixen. And I'm like, checks out. That just remind me of the scene when Elle first gets to Harvard, and they're all sitting in that group, and like everyone's like, "Yeah, I fucking cured cancer," and I. <laughs> people say that Stephen Hawking stole his report from me when I was in fourth grade. And like, what was her? She was like, I did this thing for lesbians against something. And like, for a character you're supposed to be like supportive of, like she was so mean to Elle all the time. And you're just kind of like, man, really fuck you, bitch. What was that vegetarian joke she made? That was pretty funny. I forget. There was the the bit about the something for vegetarians. I I don't know. I like that. (laughs) And like, she just like, it was part of this movie that was so baffling to me. I'm like, why is everyone so mean to Elle based on nothing? Like, she's never mean to anyone. It's just yeah, like, the, oh, she's rich and blonde, so let's fucking hate her. It's like, you're all rich. You're all assholes at Harvard Law. Fuck all of you. Well, I feel like the, the blonde thing doesn't exist anymore, too. Like, that, that's, a, that's a relic from, like, the 90s. <laughs> like, the blonde joke thing. Like, that doesn't that's exist. That's true. <laughs> it, it, yeah. It was weird, like, thinking, like, even considering that again. Like, oh yeah, like the blonde jokes are that's that's weird. <laughs> well they had to they had to do the two with her lawyer at video essay why she wants to go into Harvard. And they said in like just a bikini clad and how she talks about how she uses uh lawyer courtroom lingo on the outside. Oh that's man. when she was still fake Ellen and didn't really understand the world she was going into. That video scene that was probably that was probably like the peak. That was like the the peak of the comedy in the movie. I love that video. And then she makes that joke where he says, I hired a Coppola to make my entrance video. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just all these fucking white guys just thirsting over Elle sitting in this room for some reason, just being like, oh, we got to get her in here. Look how hot she is. Oh, yeah. When they're watching the video, that's the that part cracked me up because it was like, oh, yeah, people like this, this like creepy, like political class at Harvard we should not respect these people these people are gross just a bunch <laughs> of old rich white guys sit in that room being like but i mean look at her assets <laughs> oh on the topic of old rich white guys i think i can do my bit that i was referencing before the record here oh so, go on while while uh the, the thing that popped into my head while i was watching it is that like harvard has produced some of the most evil cretinous monsters that have walked the earth like as far as the like the graduating classes, the people that have people that have graduated from Harvard. So I picked a few highlights 
of people that graduated from Harvard that either have like molested people or have blood on their hands. And uh, some of the highlights, uh, uh, famous war criminal, George W. Bush, Henry Kissinger, 23 members of the Trump staff, Mark Zuckerberg, famous lizard, and famous, uh, Epst uh, famous Epstein associate, Bill Gates. <laughs> <laughs> you mean All Bill Gates, the man who liked to have sex parties in his office at Microsoft? Yeah, just some of the most like... And there's an issue with that? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> That's another toxic like masculinity for Joe. Damn it. Hey. <laughs> hey, I'm just hanging out with Epstein over here. Ding. I thought, I thought Bush and his cousin Jeremy. I thought Bush was a Yale guy. Or did he do both? Was that the I think that was the father Bush. Oh, was it? Oh crap. Oh crap. You just like should you just like ruined my plans Good. here. I gotta look it up. Good. Now. Good. <laughs> I mean he might have done both. Those rich pricks get into that shit all the time. Yeah. Uh, oh, I think he yeah, he might have been Yale, damn it. That's what I thought. Ooh, I thought roasted. that was the, his whole thing is that he wasn't even good enough for Harvard. He went to Yale. Uh, the for L to get into college, she had to take the LSAT exam, which is a total of a hundred, like a hundred, it's one hundred and eighty points. She got one seventy nine, so that puts her in the top point one percent. I mean, she's a really smart person. Like, she's incredibly capable. She just was never pushed to actually be smart. It was just always. You are hot and have great tits, so don't yeah. even worry about being smart. <laughs> you like, guys is that said scene that when they're going out to buy dresses, when she thinks she's going to get engaged to, yeah. And the sales lady is like, "Oh, I love when stupid uh, little girls with daddy's cards show up," and like tries to like trick her, oh, yeah, something, <laughs> and just gets absolutely destroyed by Elle. I was like, "Fuck, that was a good scene." George W. Bush. Went to uh, Harvard Business School in 1973. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, sorry. I had, to, I had to look that up. I probably just derailed that thing. I'm so, sorry. That's fine. So I was going to, you know, I, I, I can always say I was not a fan of this movie. So I was trying to come in with some negative things like, like, oh, this movie, this is why, you know, this movie sucks because of these points. So one of the points I tried to do is age difference because it's that like, it is like any basic movie of, you have the actress that's supposed to be acting the age of say what probably 21, 22 here and way older than she should be. Uh, but it kind of backfired ish because Reese Witherspoon in this movie was only 25 when she filmed this, which right. is pretty much I mean, for what she plays grasping. in law school. Like <laughs> yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. However, Selma Blair was 31. Nice. Jesus. I mean, yeah, I can see and, that. And I and I'll say I did not like her and her character because when the scene of when she starts becoming friends with Elle, it back in my mind I'm like she's turning on her. And that looks like a betrayal, right? Yeah, it definitely <laughs> felt like I thought she was going to try and set her up to get the information of what the uh, the alibi was. Yeah, like I thought that's yes. what it was. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I'm like, oh, she's just being friendly, friendly to get the alibi. No, I and then all like of a the, sudden it's like they're best friends. I'm like, excuse me, no, I is think there like a deleted the, scene? The director and like the editor just like weren't on the same page. <laughs> for that yeah, scene. like they were like she was reading those lines really weird and she did like like she like laughed and put her hand up to her mouth all weird like, <laughs> yeah. yeah like i i just was like okay so she's betraying her and then when the selma blair's character watches the the professor hit on l she's like oh she's just doing this to you know she'll have sex with the teacher to move up in the world and then I'm like, why you butt her over this? You've been a jerk to her the entire movie. And all of a sudden, I feel like she, in my mind, I'm like, that is what she was trying to do. But <laughs> L beat her to the punch well, in her mind. Just, like, it's that thing where, like, she thought she was more than what she actually was. And then, like, you're like, oh, she's not better than me. She is just this bitch who will sleep her way to the top like I am. Like, it destroyed her worldview of yeah. her or something. You would think that they would have done that. Like there should have been like a scene where Selma should have like apologized 
Yeah, especially when like she had that whole moment when they went to see Final Destination Chick in the jail, and she's like, "Oh no, I did something awful." Yeah, there should have been like a apology scene of like, "Hey, L, I'm sorry, I misjudged you. I typecasted you, and you proved me wrong." And we never got that because at the very end, when they do like the which I like the scenes of like they do the freeze frame and it's like what they're doing now in the future. Such and it's a like classic now they're classic movies trope. And now they're best friends. So I'm like, what? Where did that come from? To be fair, we never really saw a romantic connection between Elle and Luke Wilson, and they're just like, and now they're engaged. I got I I got the romantic. The it's just the eye looks. That's what they they well, tried to do. <laughs> The re- the reason I saw the well I guess I right, going back real quick the whole like misunderstanding thing with the seduction thing didn't bug me because every single movie ever has that part in it if like every single romantic comedy has that it's always really dumb it's always really awkward it just like it needs that third third act twist to like move the plot forward so that's like kind of like what makes these movies clunky a little bit even though they're still pretty great like Adam Sandler movies do it like all comedies and romantic comedies do it like uh it just it, it needs it so i it, i i was pissed for a second i was like what really they're gonna do that oh yeah they always do this <laughs> they, <laughs> they like, should have they should have just had that yeah. scene of the apologize because every rom-com movie does oh, yeah. have that yep. i forgive you scene oh yeah or at least a part to like help redeem some of blair's character somewhat mm-hmm. who had been so awful the entire movie yeah, yeah. i think we are supposed to like her at the end because like, like you still don't because you don't. like Joe yeah. said, you didn't get that redeeming. Like you had her moment where she's like, Oh no, I did something awful. But then like, yeah. And then they have their awkward bonding scene. <laughs> and that's what I thought the scene, that's the scene I brought up of the fact that I thought she was going to betray her by asking for the alibi because she leaves the room and then comes back and is like, Oh, by the way, you know, such and yeah. such. And it's just like, Oh, she wants the alibi so she can, Get ahead. Oh yeah, the al- yeah the alibi the al- the alibi plot thing was kind of neat. I like that. It was just like there's this like there's this thing that she won't betray. It's like a so Ali Ali Lars character is uh, accused of murdering her husband, and she's going to go to prison. But she has an alibi, but she doesn't want to give it away. Would you guys give up your alibi? Because I think she's supposed to be a fitness instructor. And she, instead of really working out, she's getting liposuction. So <laughs> she would rather go to jail that. instead like, of I saying, like hey. I should have been saying she was getting surgery. Because, like, I don't yeah. really get how liposuction makes your ass. Like, I mean, you can suck the fat out, but it wouldn't make your ass tone. Yeah. It was a 90s thing. That was, like, uh, liposuction was big, like a big thing to talk about in the 90s. <laughs> Th- thanks, Al Roker. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that whole scene was really funny to me because it was like she was trying to be really quiet about it and then she yelled it. And then I'm like, but now, but now everyone everybody, knows. And now everybody you just knows. want to keep the secret. And now I'm confused. Yeah. I it thought just, it was a it, good, it was a good elaborate joke. <laughs> oh, no, it was. I, I thought it was hilarious. So, so that's the man. Then, like, our C story of the movie was the uh, MILF. <laughs> uh, Loved I think, it. Uh, and her trying to get her dog and trying to bang the UPS guy, which by the way, his name in the movie is UPS guy. Nice. He doesn't even spoiler. He doesn't even get a name for the second movie. He's still just listed as the UPS guy in the second movie. I like it that he's mysterious. I think, I think that's cool. <laughs> they get married and have a kid and he's still just the UPS guy. Oh, that's funny. What yeah, if, what if his name is just UPS? That's true. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, he and his last name's guy. Maybe that he founded guys? UPS. Maybe we don't know. <laughs> did did the guy, the weird guy that became like L L's assistant at the end, did he not look like a fatter, younger version of Will Ferrell? Yeah, kind of. I can see that. Oh, the assistant guy cracked me up. He yeah. was so funny. <laughs> the guy who was clearly on the spectrum, but they didn't know how to deal with that in the early two thousands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, his name is in the movie Dorky David. So, David, dude, that so. fucking scene. Oh my god, when he's like trying to ask that one girl out, and then L like steps in and just goes like, "You gave me the best sex ever, and you never call me back. You're such a douchebag." And then suddenly the girl flips, and it's like, "So when we fucking?" And you're just like, "Wow, you're shallow, bitch." 
but that and that's I like and that there goes to like that's an almost every rom-com type movie oh, yeah. of the dorky friend trying to get laid and then the hot chick helps and then all of a sudden it's like ooh, hello yeah it's like the dropping the sunglasses when someone walks by on the sidewalk <laughs> and like you want to say like oh stupid that would never happen but there are totally people like fake ass people like that in the world <laughs> that would totally be like that and you're like god damn it i hate people one thing uh I did not like, and I assume, and I, I, I know you guys appreciate the whole dance break scene out of nowhere in this movie. Loved it. Yeah, I mean, what's not so I, about see, I fucking knew scene. it. I, <laughs> it made like, sense to just, me. Just out of nowhere, it's like a dance routine that starts. I'm like, what is happening? And I think my favorite part of it was when the gay guy came out with the flute of alcohol. Was like. The bend and flick, a classic. Oh, yeah, he did this. He's like, oh, yeah, you guys doing the bend and flick. All right, nice. <laughs> oh, sorry. As I just got yelled at by my wife, it's the bend and snap. Bend and, and yeah, snap. get it right. Zen was, yeah, yelling at me. Yeah. Uh, I will say the, I, I, the one laugh, and I'm dead serious, <laughs> the one time I laughed in this movie was the scene of when Luke Wilson is questioning the, the pool boy. That fucking and, scene was great. And, he, and you know, you went out many dates. Yes. Uh, how, long, <laughs> yeah. how long have you been with her uh, this long? How long have you been with you? Uh, what's your name of your boyfriend? Chuck. Oh, no, no, no. And then, like, he's like, he's just a friend. And then he stands up like, you bitch. Got him. <laughs> I laughed. That's, like, the one time I laughed. I mean, Yo. the fact that they used the stupid says what defense to get him to admit yeah. to him being gay was so over the top and stupid that I loved it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Joe, it's breaking my heart that you didn't like this movie. Like, this is... Like, I'm sorry, just and the not whole, my cup of tea. The whole judgment leading up to that, though, where he just knew her Louis Vuitton shoes, and she just goes, oh, he's gay. I'm like, wow, that is such a judgment you could not... Yeah. Get. Like, that would not be something you could do in a movie nowadays. No, no. That's, a very, uh, that's a very late 90s, early 2000s joke. The producer brought up that if this movie was made now would have been like just destroyed by critics and oh yeah that they'd be like what an awful so that is just not okay oh yeah there would have been some like serious twitter action some just some twitter clapback bullshit with this movie but see what's funny is that people like don't like would see legally blonde now and be like oh whatever it's funny like we like it's like you're just supposed to be like oh it was the times well Mm -hmm. and that's that's what they say yeah I think that's why like comedy movies are struggling today is because Hollywood's ran by a bunch of like rich old white people that are like their brains are stuck in the nineties and two thousand. So all they know is like off color gay jokes. So that's like why they can't like write jokes anymore is because they don't know how to make them not offensive. <laughs> well, Did you also I... find as the whole like court case was going on that Ali Larder's character, you're like, man, there's not She's not really redeemable. She's like a bad person that Elle's just offending because they both went to the same sorority. <laughs> yeah. Because like, even if she didn't fuck him, she still put made that dude wear a really weird like thong thing to clean her pool. Yeah. She just wants his butt. Uh, well, it's important to remember that like, Rich lawyers that come from Harvard probably aren't the greatest people. I mean, that is fair. Because, <laughs> uh, like, that's why I'll go off Todd Phillips, the director of the Hangover movies. He's like, yeah, I'm done making comedies because people are too sensitive now. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's why he stopped making movies, not because Hangover 3 was a steaming pile of shit. <laughs> no, that's why, well, that's why he did The Joker. <laughs> yeah i I think todd phillips just like lacks creativity can just blames cancel culture for it <laughs> i mean isn't that what just bad comedians do oh yeah <laughs> like, no no you, you can still make jokes todd <laughs> yeah like you just have to be smarter with your jokes stop swinging like stop swinging down and actually figure out how to make it it's like ricky gervais and like his whole like trans joke thing and then being upset that people got upset about him it's like no dude you're swinging down in an easy group to attack like yeah. Be smarter about your comedy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I will forever like Superbad is probably my favorite comedy movie ever, just about, but there's some pretty gnarly, like early two thousands F slurs going on in it. <laughs> oh, I just watched um They dropped a hard R in this movie. Oh yeah, they did. <laughs> I I watched the two thousand nine fanboys. <laughs> 
and there was a lot of hard, like a, a hard F and a hard R. I'm like, excuse me? Like, That's the that one about out. them trying to get the Star Wars thing, right? Yes. Oh, God, that movie was great. <laughs> it's on Prime. Movie. It's on Prime nice. right now. So it was a bad idea because uh, I watched it like at 11, 11.30 last night. And I, nice. It's just me. And I, sta- I stayed up till like 1 watching it. Um, but uh, yeah, they... The cancel culture, brother. <laughs> By the way, uh, uh, Robert Luke, Luke Tick, uh, he also, I forgot to do this in the beginning, but I'll do it now. He also directed movies such as 2004, Win a Date with Tad Hamilton. Oh, geez. Isn't I don't that a, know that movie. Is, isn't Foreman in that movie? Yes. <laughs> uh, 2005's Monster-in-Law. I semi-remember that movie. I think that's, is that J-Lo? Yes, I think so. Yeah, it is. Um, God, we need to get a JLo movies. She don't have she sequels. Sucks. I know. Uh, 2006's 21. 20 the poker God. one. Oh, Spacey. okay. I've seen that. Yeah. 2009, The Ugly Truth. Don't know that. Heigl. One. It's Heigl and Gerard <laughs> Butler. And 2010's The Killers. Killers. That sounds familiar. Heigl and Kucher. Dude, I've seen all. Of oh, these okay. Yeah, I have seen that. That's actually a good movie. And I, and I, I know like, you've seen them all, Keith. That's like peak Ashton Kutcher in that movie. Like that was Ashton Kutcher being like a character of Ashton Kutcher, and he actually, I actually like Ashton Kutcher, the actor. He's actually a pretty decent actor. Yeah, he just seems like roles. a good guy outside the world too. So. Yeah, he actually does like a lot of things for like uh, child predator stuff. Like he Dude, tries yeah. to like prevent that stuff speaking of which i think chris hansen just got arrested in he Michigan did. for not paying taxes again or something oh, hell yeah he did hell have a yeah seat, chris. <laughs> have a seat um but yeah this movie overall for me felt like a 2001 movie i mean it was but i think that's why i enjoyed i think like if we had been in a stretch of comedies i wouldn't have jumped yes. as deeply into yeah. this movie but coming off of what we've watched for so long it was just it was so refreshing and nice. And I mean, it was a jump back into the past too. Like watching the tube TV in her room, seeing her buy an iBook was oh, fucking hilarious. That was her like, and that was her like big, uh, her like big moment. It was <laughs> getting an iBook. It was like, well, I'm going to go get an iBook. Which that is another my- thing that was like such privilege because iBooks were like $1,400 or something ridiculous when they first came out because like it was just a technology that wasn't really there yet. Yeah, or like it, helpful. <laughs> it's crazy to see like you know the joke of like you see an iBook in 2001 and the box is, is the size of an iMac currently yeah. yeah like it was huge it also takes me back keith because you had one of those like yeah i did old apple uh desktop which is called an iMac it was the was it green or blue yeah, we, had, we, had, we had the green one yeah green one yeah the thing was uh, awesome i just remember the times of sitting in that room playing video games on it playing gizmo and gadgets baby gizmos and gadgets I mean, that was a. I think that was a big part. It's, this movie just did a lot of nostalgia turned on for me that I was okay with. One it, thing it, that was it, weird. Did you notice that the like some of the scenes were shot on different film, or like they weren't able to upscale some of the scenes? And it was really weird because I watched it on Netflix. Yeah. And I have 4K Netflix, and like there was clearly scenes that were upresed. Oh, that's but weird. But then there were scenes that were like still like on weird film that like were grainy and older. And I'm like, like weird with the non upscale for some scenes. For was me, the intro, was like one the, of them? Mm, I think there were parts, but it was one of the outro scenes, like when they were preparing oh. for the graduation speech and they were like panning up on the uh, older lady lawyer who's the like main hero for Elle in the end. Like it was super old and grainy footage and wasn't upscaled at all. I'm like, what is happening? Why is this not upscaled? That Holland Taylor Professor Stro- Stromwell. But yeah, there was a scene, the end scene of when she, when Elle finally tells Warner to, you know, hit the bricks. Great scene. It's like, but by the way, that scene was added on because of uh, people watched the movie and then they were like, so she doesn't get any redemption of the boy on the X. So they added that scene on the end, but like I, wa- I was watching it and like it looked grainy and stuff. And then like her hair, hair looked so like frizzled. And then like the next scene when she turns around, it's back to like the perfect. Then when she exited the courtroom, I'm like, 
they filmed this different days and the hair just didn't match up. <laughs> they did reshoots apparently, and she had to she went and filmed something in Britain that like just like in its way like moister and just like wet there in Britain, of course. So apparently it destroyed wet. a lot of the curls in her hair. So that's like in the final scene, like for the graduation speech, why it's all like straightened and stuff and not like the typical L look for that was in the rest of the movie. She was filming the importance of being earnest in England in 2002. Yeah. So apparently that's what that happened. Also, this, that scene where she's, where she's stepping out of the doors is such a poorly shot scene because you can like the bright light coming behind it. And you can clearly see it's just white tarps there with bright yeah. lights being shown oh, on it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's a dated reference. Like, and I'm sure that wouldn't have shown up like before upresing and stuff. But like with <laughs> upresing, I'm like, oh, that looks awful. See, yeah. this is the this is the part of the show when I would have like tried to like make a legitimate argument about watching it on DVD is the right experience. I think you're right. <laughs> no, you, you did the best one. You did, Upscaling the, you did the best takes one. takes stuff away sometimes because yeah. like it like it just allows those things to show through too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God. Okay. She was okay. Okay. what the the milf is the cop from uh neither roxbury too she's in all the like waiting she, yeah, she, for guffman and like best in yeah. show and yep. yeah she, she's been she's in a, a, like she's acted pretty heavily for a long time too yeah, like she's yeah. fantastic oh, she plays that role like every single time but it's always good she, though <laughs> she's really good at it yeah i do have a review from a one-star review from uh imdb oh, let me see if I can find it. I know at the end the guy goes, and I at one point I choose uh, I was going to cho- uh, choose X. Oh, there it is by far the worst, most irritating ever, irritating ever made. I volunteered for execution at one point. Jesus, just stop watching the movie. Yeah, uh, and then someone gave it one star and said, "Go watch the musical." Weird, weird take. <laughs> what a piece of shit <laughs> don't like the movie go watch the musical baby yeah, yeah. it's like yeah i prefer my music on vinyl yeah. <laughs> it just it sounds better do you have the ghost of uh ebert i do i was trying to find a memorable passage but the yeah roger ebert's back from the dead or no we traveled back in time to go <laughs> hang out with roger ebert in 2001 and he liked it he says it's a. His, I'm, I was trying to find. There's no like cool passage that sticks out to me, but it, his uh, his thesis is pretty much that it's like a. It's a very serviceable comedy, and Reese, Reese Witherspoon like shines, and she's amazing in it. That's and he gave it three out of four stars. That seems pretty on tack for this movie. Like it isn't a memorable movie. Well, no, I'm not going to say that. It isn't a memorable movie for some of its stuff. It's just not like you're never going to put it near the top of your list for like anything. But like it's a it's a good movie. It was fun. Yeah, like we said, like we do a lot of like big like big dude action movies and all that stuff. And I think this movie this movie's not this movie's for the ladies. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I I, 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 I would wager that this is on like if you uh, people our if you had like I mean whatever I'm generalizing here if you got like a thousand women within our age range i'll bet a large percentage of them have this in their like top five because it's just like it's the perfect it was like the it's the perfect piece of nostalgia like to watch like watch it sleepovers with your friends or whatever and i think this movie probably brings up a lot of happy memories for a lot of people i mean my wife had definitely seen it and was a big fan of it and thought yeah 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 my uh yeah sammy same this is like one of her like favorite pieces of like just favorite movies I also think it's just like Reese Witherspoon is just a really established like female actress. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, she's the queen of rom-coms. Like she has some of the most memorable rom-coms that people remember. I mean, people love Sweet Home Alabama in the rom-com world. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I mean, and Reese Witherspoon's been acting like been one of the top actresses for a long time. And this is like one of her more memorable roles. It is. Uh, this movie was also nominated for Golden Globe for Best Musical or Comedy, and uh, Reese was nominated for Best Actress in a Comedy or Musical for this movie. Nice. It's weird that musical and comedy used to be a combined thing. Right. <laughs> Doesn't Golden Globe still do that with the Best Musical or Comedy? I think so. Golden Globe yeah. still do. That's weird. That's a weird combo. Those are things it that is. aren't the same. Oh, you can it's have a musical. Not, they do. 
what's the like the Les Miserables probably not a comedy. <laughs> yeah, but it's a musical. I, but so I usually don't classify Rent as a comedy. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, boys, the budget for this movie was eighteen million. God damn! Where did that come from? There wasn't enough in this movie for that big a budget. And I, we can't say it's Witherspoon's contract because this yeah, because she first, wasn't Reese yeah. Witherspoon yet. Like she'd been in movie. I mean, she was in yeah. uh, that Beer. one black and white movie, <laughs> like Tomorrowland or whatever. But yeah, like the, um, the, the Tobey Maguire one. Yeah, like I mean, she'd been it's, in well, movies. It's, uh, but she Pleasantville. 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 That's what. Also, a very good movie. Yeah. Like she wasn't uh, Reese Witherspoon yet. Yeah, she wasn't. This is the beginning of Reese Witherspoon. It's crazy to think that she just walked the line in four years. Like that comes <laughs> out four years after this. Right. Uh, for the gross of this movie, domestically, it got 96 million. Holy shit. 45 internationally. So worldwide, it got $141 million. 45 wow internationally seems really good for a movie that is very american movie it is yeah <laughs> so boys let's go to the box office for july 13th right. and through the 15th of 2001 this is gonna be a good one <laughs> coming in at number 10 in its fifth week with 3.8 million laura croft tomb raider yep wow the original one the yep. terrible angelina jolie ones Come, uh, coming in number nine in its third week with 5.2 million AI artificial intelligence. I never saw that one. Yep. Uh, it, was a, it was a movie. It was weird. Yeah. Uh, number eight in its second week with 6 million Kiss of the Dragon. That's a Kung Fu movie? Uh, I want to say it's Jet Li. And it is, it is Jet Li. Br- Bridget Fonda, Jet Li movie. Uh, coming in number seven in its fourth week was seven million. Doctor Doolittle two. Oh, oh I God. love those. We're gonna do those movies at some point. By the way, I love those movies. Yeah, I know. Coming in number six in its fourth week with eight million, and you can go back and listen to what we thought of it: The Fast and the Furious. <laughs> oh my God! Nice. <laughs> coming in at number five in its second week with nine point five million. You can go back and listen to the cue because we talked about this one: Scary Movie two. Uh, you did the scary movies on the queue. Those are too good of movies to be on. the We queue. just did the sequel. We just did two. Two was like is like considered the better one. I thought yeah, at points, yeah. Uh, coming in number four in its first week with eleven million. Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within. Okay, look, love, it's not a Final movie. Fantasy thing, but that is a great movie. Like if they hadn't named it Final Fantasy, I think people would have liked it more. <laughs> Coming in number three in its second week week with twelve million cats and dogs. Uh, oh, no, that wait. one doesn't ring any bells. I want to say that's the one with uh, Janine Garofalo. Oh no, Uma Thurman. Yeah. No. I think which I one? No. This Oops, one has. I, I typed in cats and gods. Oh, it, uh, <laughs> cats and dogs is an animated movie starring Tobey Maguire and Alec Baldwin as it's a war uh, between cats and dogs. Holy shit! That thing had a budget of sixty million dollars. Hey, Jeff Goldblum's in it. All right, coming in number two in its first week with nineteen million. The score. Edward Norton and Robert De Niro. Bingo. <laughs> so that God, means this is a great like great set of movies 2001 a, had some good movies a yeah. variety of movies that you can go see so that means coming at number one in its first week with 20 million legally blonde good 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 for this movie it deserves it good job, so the ratings blonde. for it move was that is this imdb give this a 6.3 rude ron tomato all critics gave this a 70 top critics 64 and all, all the for the audience, it's 72. So we normally rank these, uh, do a little rating of villains, all that good stuff. But for that, for this franchise, we'll be ranking the best L. So we're going to decide which one is better from one or two. Uh, villain, best dress, and overall fashion in both movies. So for best L, it's just going to be number one her for this one. Then for two, villain, we'll do the professor. Should we do Gina Carano's Twitter? <laughs> no, we've moved okay. on from Gina Carano's Twitter, unless she's in another movie we watch eventually. So we'll do Professor and Warner. 
Boys, what was the best dress? So which character? Is that mm. how we want to do it? Sure. What's, you... What was the best? Who? What? Oh, my God. I'm stammering over my words. What outfit was the most memorable to you in the movie, I think, is what we should go with. Oh, okay. For me, yes. uh, you, for me, UPS guy. God damn it, Keith. He was so hot. <laughs> That's not what he was wearing, that he was just hot, Keith. Uh, I think my favorite, like, fashion bit in it was when she put on the super nerdy look. Like, with, oh, like, yeah. The robe and everything to prepare for class. I think that was my favorite. I mean, that or the bunny outfit, because... Oh, that was funny. Oh. Yeah, Reese Witherspoon was and is a babe. But um, So we're, uh, we're saying nerdy... Uh, I like yeah the nerdy one I can do that one I didn't well, mind and, that and, one. and that's like good comedy too because like she's like all right it's time to be smart <laughs> so, <she like, laughs> so we're saying the nerdy smart outfit yeah but I mean can we really call her out on something like that when every week as we prepare to play golf we definitely have our golf outfits I wasn't calling her out <laughs> 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 yeah it's like all right it's time to golf <laughs> it's time <laughs> to lawyer <laughs> So then overall fashion, since it's still the first movie, we'll do one. So right now in the rate, mm-hmm. rankings for watchable, it'd be one. Yeah. Let's talk about it, the rewatchability of this movie, though. To me, I don't know if I'd ever like put this movie on from beginning to end again, but this is definitely going to be one of those movies that if like, I can't find anything to watch and it's just on TBS, I'll be like, fuck yeah, I'm going to put on Legally Blonde. Like This feels like a great background movie, like background noise movie for me now. Oh, yeah. I can say background, but I'll probably never put it on background. Yeah, so I I'll get into it with my final score, but this movie it like fits into that like perfect comedy plot structure to where you mm-hmm. don't need to pay attention to it, which it'd be like if if it's on TV. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm never gonna walk over to the DVD case and grab the DVD of Legally Blonde and put it in my DVD player. <laughs> well, seeing like, as you don't have a DVD player anymore, probably. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, but if it's on, yeah, if it's on, uh, if it's on TNT, I'm not going to turn it off. Okay. So let's go to the Star Glazer and let's rate this movie. Let's glaze those stars. There it is. So <laughs> Keith, what do you give this? Okay. Are we so new? New series. We're sticking with the five stars, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, it'd okay, be okay. weird to change it now. Yeah, nope, change it up now, guys. I don't know what we're yeah. doing. We're changing Let's, it up. We're yeah, going to make a wrestling movie. reference because Keith yeah. is about to go six stars for Legally Blonde. That's what I'm talking about. Six. Because <laughs> it's in the Tokyo Dome, baby. <laughs> Anyways. Keith didn't like get I said, that reference at all. No, I wish. I'm not that cool. I'm sorry, guys. Hey, check out that uh, there's this, uh, there's this wrestling podcast you want to listen to. Right here on NoSellerEntertainment.com. Yeah. Check out the website that just got a new ref- coat of paint. Hey, first of all, uh, since we're doing Legally Blonde series, uh, the No Cell Entertainment reached out to Prada. And if you go on to Prada.com and use promo code FAKEMOVIEXPERTS, you'll get 50% off your uh, second order of shoes. <laughs> God damn not, it. <laughs> not legally binding in all countries that are not Antigua. Yeah. this Some is legally you know legally not right so keith what do you give it oh anyways yeah it's like i said it's that perfect it, it it's billy madison and billy madison's pretty darn perfect even though there's there's some bad acting there's some silly moments so four stars oh wow wow keith rated that higher than he rated fast nine how dare <laughs> you <laughs> It's objectively a better film. He's rated that higher than all but two Fast and the Furious movies. Oh, that's good. God. Rick, what do you give it? Uh, I gave it three and a half. I thought it was highly enjoyable. Like, Keith, you're right. The tight 90s, super important. I think that played really into this movie. Like, so tight. It's not a perfect movie, but it's good. It's like, it's fun. Like, I enjoyed it. I'm glad we did it. So three. Uh, uh, I'm gonna bring this bad Joe, don't, boy Joe, down. Don't do this, Joe. Don't do this. <laughs> I'll be nice and I'll give it a two. <laughs> it was okay. I. It was just not my cup of tea. So Joe, I'll give it a Joe two. Only laughed when the guy made a joke. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Women are not funny. <laughs> no, Joe, Joe did Joe did three of them today on that podcast. He Actually, I think three. he's up to four. I'm he's up to four, baby. Your bit, Keith. Yeah. <laughs> so that brings Legally Blonde in at a three point two, which uh, matches damn. it to Hot Fuzz, which I'm, I'm okay with that. 
Yeah. That's debatable, but okay. Okay. <laughs> I digress. I digress. So this brings an end to Legally Blonde. That means we're moving on to the sequel, Legally Blonde 2. Oh. Red, white, Red, and, white and blonde. God yeah. damn it. Bitches, we're going to Washington. That's uh, right. Man, you so, should save that for your like for your last bit. That would have been a great last bit. Yeah, yeah, Rick. Would have <laughs> blow your been, load. That would have been awesome. You gotta <laughs> top that now. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, yeah. Damn it. <laughs> so as Ricky blew his load, you can find our load at nosellentainment.com. That's right, nosellentainment.com. You can also find everybody else's loads on any social media outlet. And like always, you can listen to all of our podcasts wherever you listen to our podcasts. I got nothing now. <laughs>